most significant part of my business is where it's going into big developments where there might be two, three, four hundred departments. What's a fit box, Jonathan? Yeah, that's a good point. We've gone off <laughs> talking about loads yeah, of Yeah, I know. We've been telling how brilliant it is for, for TA, but, but what is it? You know, what? what, what I know what it is, but, but for the listeners, what is it? Uh, I've got a, a Jaguar F type. Um, uh, 450 brake horsepower, five litre engine. Not that I particularly have too many McDonald's now, but there was a portion of my life where it was my daily lunch and I loved it. Welcome, Jonathan, uh, to the UK Floor and Podcast. Uh, first question, who is Jonathan Birch? Originally an accountant. I then uh, ran a series of scientific instrument businesses uh, for a big American group, and then later on in life, got involved in uh, wood flooring. Okay. Uh, when I bought uh, a company called uh, Weldon Flooring, yeah, uh, who do very very high end uh, marquetry, parquetry, uh, rec- reclaimed uh, flooring, uh, which has got uh, two royal warrants, one for the, the late Queen and one for Prince Charles. Yeah. So it was in that process of uh, uh, being involved in a very, very high-end flooring company with very, very particular clients, uh, they ended up learning large amounts about what to do in order to make sure you didn't have problems with uh, wood floors. Uh, So back in 2013, uh, I then uh, uh, sold my shares in the uh, uh, Weldon flooring business uh, and uh, thought I would never have anything to do with flooring again. Uh, but as uh, as part of that, I picked up a uh, a product that we used within Weldon Flooring called the Fidbox. Okay. Uh, and thought, well, we're the only people really in the UK that are using this. It's a fantastic product. It should be used by some more people. So uh, I'll just have a little business on on the side that uh, imports and sells fit boxes. But once I got going with it, it built into a uh, uh, reasonably good business, actually. Uh, and uh, that has then built and uh, and kept me busy for the last ten years. So, so just just out of interest, why the jump from? Sort of scientific designers to high-end wood flooring. Just, just as a uh, question. Yeah, it was it was an odd thing. Basically, when I was doing scientific instruments, I went uh, out to uh, Stanford University in America uh, to do a mini MBA, uh, okay. and uh, one of the things that I learned there was about uh, how to make large companies uh, much more innovative and that fascinated me uh, so uh, i had left scientific instruments and set up consulting on uh, uh, how to make large businesses much more innovative right uh, and found that actually i didn't enjoy uh, the full-on consulting life uh, and i came across uh, a company called Weldon, uh, who uh, had fabulous reputation, uh, great customer client base, but actually needed a bit of input, uh, both financially and uh, from a management perspective, in order to sort of take it on to the next level. Uh, so I did that, and at that stage, didn't really expect that to be a, 
uh, a long-term process. So that was back in 2004. Uh, yeah. I expected that to be a, a short time, a short-term exercise. Uh, but as often happens in life, uh, you end up down a, a winding road uh, and I ended up uh, staying involved for the next nine years. Brilliant. And then, so you, at your time at Weldon, you came across the Fidbox. Where is it originated from? Where Where did it exist before then? So basically, like, like most wood flooring businesses, you would end up having problems on sites with uh, boards cupping or shrinking or various issues. And you turn up, you look at the floor, you'd know perfectly well that the problems have been caused by environmental issues. And uh, frustratingly, it was very, very difficult to prove what had gone on. So your experience told you that actually it had been too hot or dry or the floors had been washed, but you had no way of showing that. Yeah. Uh, so we sort of went out and looked, and thought, you know, what on earth can there be that allows us to be able to monitor what's happened to a floor after it's installed? and find out uh, what went wrong in a way that you can prove to the, the people that you're working with. So in that uh, hunt, we came across an Austrian company, uh, who uh, flooring company, who have about 100 odd installers. So they're the biggest in, uh, flooring company in Austria. Yeah. Um, they had had exactly the same issues that we had uh, had in the past. And they had decided they were going to do something about it. Uh, the guy that runs the business is very, very inventive. Uh, and he set off a, a team of uh, uh, hardware and software engineers and some universities in order to create a product that was going to be able to answer the questions that he'd been being asked uh, within his business. Yeah. Uh, and then he started a long journey and patented the idea of the Fidbox uh, and developed it. Uh, so it's one of the things that's actually great about the uh, the Fidbox is that because it's been developed by a flooring company for their own use, it does exactly what a flooring company wants rather than some electronics person coming up with what they think a flooring company might want and, and developing it. So each step of it, is created in a way that makes it totally simple for uh, a standard flooring uh, installer to fit. Uh, there's no setup on site, um, and all the clever stuff can be done later uh, and in a very simple way. Uh, so I'll talk about it more yeah. in a bit. But it's uh, you know, the fact that this Austrian company had done it for themselves. We said, well, actually, you know, would you also sell them to us? Uh, and originally they planned just to use them for their own purposes. Yeah. Uh, but they said, yeah, we're more than happy to uh, uh, to share the, the technology with you. And we started buying them and, and putting them in our floors. Okay. Uh, and then so then you left Weldon and then um, how did you then go, right, well, this box is great, and then start putting it into the UK? How did that come about? So obviously we, we had used them uh within Weldon I had a very good relationship with the uh, company in Austria that makes them uh and uh they were looking to extend their their sales and I said well actually you know I, I'm 
probably got some time uh, in order to be able to talk to some people about this and push this sort of out wider in the market for you. Yeah. Um, and they were very, very uh, happy with that. Uh, so uh, I set up Humidity Devices as a, a company that would, would would deal with those sales. Right. And so that was that nine years ago, 10, 10 years ago, was it? Uh, so that was 20, yeah. So just coming up for, for 10 years. Wow. wow. Yeah. So I'm sure I could remember when they first came out. And I'm like, thank you, yeah, yeah, that is 10 years ago. So well, I think one of the things that we found is, you know, over this last couple of years with COVID and shutdowns and everything like that, you've almost felt that two or three years has gone by without you even knowing about it. So, uh, that's right. Well, it's three years since we went, uh, three years in March, I think it is, you know, for when everyone got locked down. And I'm like, well, that's bananas. So we lost three years. We haven't lost three years, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, it feels like it. But but yeah, things move on. So and so, how has the business grown from 10 years ago to now from just something that was going to be a sideline? Um, how does it look now? Well, we, we sell a lot of fit boxes now. Uh, into the uh, big developments in London. Uh, so, so when I started out, I had thought that businesses like Weldon that were doing very, very high-end, uh, expensive floors would be where the, the, the prime bit of the market was. Uh, but actually, uh, the most significant part of my business is, is where it's going into big developments where there might be two, three, 400 departments uh, and the uh, construction companies have mandated that fit boxes are fitted within them uh, right. because uh, they've, they've found out how useful they are to them. And, and that was really as a result of a, uh, of a, of a lucky break um, because one of the things that you find for a big construction business is that investing in the fit box is increases their build cost. Uh, but it reduces their overall cost because it brings down the cost of them dealing with warranties and so forth that are going forward. So in order for a big construction company to choose to use the fit box, what you need to have is someone, uh, you know, chief executive level or chairman level, uh, who decides that actually this product uh, saves them a lot of money. Um, and therefore decides that, yeah, it's going to be invested. Uh, and luckily enough, I had a, a very, very large London construction business uh, that had uh, a problem on one of their sites where fit boxes had been fitted, uh, and 160 apartments had delaminated. Wow. Uh, so it was going to be a, a, a very... A uh, big check that someone was going to have to sign in order to uh, 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 deal with the issue. Uh, and basically, what the fit boxes showed was that they were uh, uh, the timber had been the right moisture content when it was installed. The subfloors were the right moisture con content when they were installed. That the uh, environmental conditions during the build. Uh, had all been kept in control and were okay. Yeah. Uh, but what has happened was that after handover of the uh, uh, of the building, most of the apartments were left empty yeah. uh, with the heating on full. Right. Okay. Uh, and basically, because there were no sources of moisture going into the building, 
uh, it got incredibly dry. It went down to 25% relative humidity uh, yeah. in the air. Uh, and the uh, uh, timber, uh, it was a herringbone product, uh, which wasn't perhaps the best product in the world, uh, but would have been okay in normal conditions, uh, delaminated uh, in those ultra ultra dry conditions. Uh, yeah. So basically because the fit box showed that the damage had all happened in the period after they'd handed over the building, yeah. Uh, the building de uh, developer uh, said, yeah, okay, that was my responsibility and picked up with the costs for all of the repairs. Yeah. So that construction company and the flooring company that installed it and the supplier of the flooring were all obviously very delighted that the Fidbox had shown exactly what had gone on uh, during the uh, uh, the process and could show exactly where the, where the issues were. Uh, and it was able to do it in a way where... Uh, there weren't arguments about it. It wasn't one expert standing against another expert saying, you know, here's what happened. No, this is my view of what's happened. And, you know, in those situations, normally everyone has to put their hand in the pocket and, and sort yeah. it out. It was a case of, no, here are the facts. Okay, yeah, we can see the facts. We'll take responsibility. Now, yeah, you know, there were, of course, some arguments because it was such a big amount of money. Uh, but it was you know, a fantastic result that there was sort of a clear fact-based result in terms of uh, uh, what happened. That company uh, then mandated across all of their projects and they're building thousands of apartments uh, a, a year in London. Right. Um, and the uh, construction managers that work on all of those uh, projects have then gone off to work for other main contractors across uh, across the country and have taken the idea with them. So really from that initial situation on a big project where something had gone wrong and the fit box was the answer, it has been the main thing that has then sold them across the country um, because they've, uh, yeah, the results have spoken for themselves that it saves money. Well, that's, I think that's from personal experience. Um, I mean, you probably had hundreds of these stories, but I, I personally did a six-figure job in um, Knightsbridge, uh, basement, you know, well, I think it was on four floors. Anyway, um, cut a very long story short, uh, fit boxes went in, as we always did, with underfloor heating, all underfloor heating on all levels. And signed it off. Very painful project, but everyone got paid. Everyone was happy. Um, and then we got the call. The ground basement was significantly shrinking. So obviously everyone's like, right, well, the heating must be too hot. It must be this. It must be that. Um, and I went down on the train, you know, for a for a a battle of who's fitted it wrong or who's you know or who's put the heating on too hot. Uh, walked in, you know, senior project managers, directors, not the owner of the house, but you know, the the representative, let's say, from the eighty million pound house. Um, got my magnet out, got the data on the laptop. Um, I think I can't remember because it was maybe maybe six seven years ago. Spoke to you very briefly and said, "This is what we've, what well, is what we found, and we found exactly as you've described: um, fire doors, no air circulation at all." all after the site had been handed over, 
no heat, not major heat. I think the heat hadn't really got into it, but there was no, um, there was no airflow whatsoever in this basement. And we actually tracked down that the airflow system into the basement was blocked, and no one knew. So okay. we, with the technology of the fib box, you know, yes. It saved my bacon because they could have said, "Well, you've you, that you know they were like, has it been fitted correctly? You know, have you supplied the right wood?" And just game changer. It's like you know, and if you're going to do, you know, that was one of our largest jobs. Like I think it was 140, 150 thousand quid wooden floor. It, why would you not? You know, because at that point, without the fit box, what do you do? What do you? Yeah. <laughs> well, and you can imagine what that conversation would have been like if you didn't have the data. Uh, it's your product that's uh, on the floor with with uh, a problem. It's your responsibility, uh, and that's always what it's been like for wood flooring guys. They go to meetings like that, and they get hammered because they haven't got any data to to show uh, or prove. And because people know that they can't prove it, they'll argue the toss. Uh, they'll say, "Oh yes, we always keep it cool in here. No, you know the heating's." Yeah, ne- never run out. Uh, you know, above the limits it's supposed to, and you, and you're pretty stuck if you don't have something that can show you what has actually happened. So, so for people that um, have no idea what a fid box is, what's a fid box, Jonathan? Yeah, that's a good. Point. We've been <laughs> talking about loads. Yeah, of I stuff. know we've been telling out brilliant of this, but for yeah, but but what is it? You know what? what, what I know what it is, but but for the listeners, what is it? So it's it's basically it's, it's a small box that you uh, route uh, in and stick into the back of a timber floorboard uh, that reads the temperature and relative humidity both above and below the box every eight hours, uh, and it stores that information for uh, for life. Uh, it's a battery operated thing uh, which uh, will operate for for six years. Uh, and uh, at any time you can turn up with your uh, phone using a free app uh, and download the data and it will show you all of the environmental conditions of those temperature and relative humidity readings for uh, since the moment that it was installed. And how has it changed over the years? Because I know I remember we had laptops, we had different magnets. We had, like what does a... 2023 fit box compared to the original and what are the benefits yeah so uh when you uh, i can't remember what stage you first had a um uh, a fit box but when i first had it uh you had a really expensive uh reader uh, yep. you had to carry around and put had one of them directly <laughs> above the uh uh, the fit box in order to be able to read it out using uh, uh, RFID technology. Yeah. Um, that was great because it was what was available at the time, and that's why they're called fit boxes because they use RFID uh, technology. Since then, it, it, it's moved on loads. So basically, because everyone or most people now have uh, smartphones. Uh, and we're all used to using apps. Uh, the technology was moved on in order to make reading the uh, uh, feedbox via Bluetooth now. Okay. Uh, so you basically have a, a simple app uh, which you start up. You press a plus button in order to 
uh, Adafid box, you type in its serial number, uh, it goes off, connects to the uh, FID box uh, and downloads the data. Uh, so if, uh, as you probably will remember at the beginning, it could be quite a complicated uh, arrangement to do it, but now it's dead simple uh, and uh, you know, takes two minutes to take a reading. And can you still wake them up with a with a magnet, or is that technology gone? Because I know you you had no, a bit of both, or can you still? You, you can do it with a magnet, uh, but the reasons to do it with a magnet uh, are much less now. Uh, in the first fed boxes, they used to wake up every eight minutes, which meant that you would potentially have to wait for eight minutes in order for your reading to download. Yeah. Uh, but now they wake up every two minutes. Okay. Uh, so... If you were reading a lot of them or you had a householder looking over your shoulder uh, whilst you were taking the readings, standing around for eight minutes, uh, you could run out of small talk. Uh, but with two minutes, it's absolutely fine. But if ever you do need to take the readings very quickly, uh, if you swipe a magnet above it, uh, it tells it, I want to be read now uh, and will read out immediately. Okay. Uh, but, the, but the process of reading it out now as I say, you're you're done start to finish uh, within two minutes. You just have to be standing in the room while you do it. Uh, it's a very, very easy process. Okay, and I'm assuming after the six years, the only options are is to either chop the board out and replace it and put a new one in, or is that the has anyone ever done that? I mean, it's not to my knowledge. I get the question, uh, but uh, in my experience, uh, problems happen uh, on a floor within the first two two heating seasons. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so basically, you uh, are transitioning a floor from a cold, wet building site uh, into the first time it gets really dry in the first year, uh, and you've got the the initiation of the underfloor heating system, where often things can go wrong, uh, and people overheat it and cause a problem from the floor because they shock it right at the beginning. Yeah. Uh, or sometimes it can be the second heating season when uh, the boards have had a full heating over the full heating season and they can just dr dry out too much. Otherwise, the sort of problems that you have with floors uh, tend to be uh, where someone has, uh, where it's very limited in the area of the problem uh yeah. and you've got you know water coming in from a leaking pipe or from a leaking window or something like that so once you pass six years you tend to be able to uh identify specific things that have gone wrong where in that first two years is where you end up with the much bigger general problems if someone's done something wrong in the process yeah and part of the problem that you have with wood floors is there are a lot of factors that can can affect them uh and the wood flooring business often isn't in control of very many of them uh so the wood flooring business can control you know what the moisture content is of the uh timber when it comes in that they've checked that it's right and it's acclimatized properly they can check the moisture content of their subfloor uh, but after that, often you know, they've kept the conditions warm whilst they've been doing the install. But the moment they've left, who knows what happens? Uh, it, when the underfloor heating 
uh, is commissioned, who knows what happens? You know, I've seen lots of instances where uh, rather than you know, gradually building up the temperature, as uh, everyone's instructions say, you know, it gets whacked on with water in the pipes at 65 degrees, uh, yeah. left for a couple of days, and then someone winds it down. And by that time, you've just rapidly shocked your floor, driving moisture out very quickly. Uh, and it's the sort of thing where those sudden changes is what causes a problem. And the great thing about the food box is you see that that's what's happened. Yeah. You know exactly when it happened, uh, and uh, it's very clear to say, look, it was the underfloor heating engineer that did that. Yeah. You, you then have so later on in the in the process, uh, you know, builders cleans, for instance, that go on where somebody walks in there with great big buckets of water and absolutely soaks the floor, uh, and the fid box will show you spikes of moisture coming in, uh, yeah. and you'll be able to say, well, you know, this happened on the yeah, 10th of January. Uh, what was happening on the 10th of January? Ah, yeah, the cleaners were in. Yeah. And suddenly, again, you you, you know what the uh, the cause of the problem is. Yeah. Again, it's, um, I mean, that's why I wanted you to come on the show, because the amount of times it's, uh, it, I wouldn't say it got us out of a predicament. We, we, we Again, exactly as you said, we had one half underfloor heated, half not. So the, Fid box went in on the non underfloor, sorry, in the underfloor heated bit, and the client knew it was there. They knew they had the app on the phone, everything like that, and they hadn't, they didn't know how to download the data. I think they could just see it real time, but they kind of not done anything with it. Um, but cut a very long story short, the floor shrank, normal extension in a normal house, and um, Sarah, my wife, went out, took the data from her phone, um, and it was like right. What happened on the 26th of November? Um, what happened then? And they were like, well, you know, we've definitely not overheated this. We've definitely, you know, we've followed everything you said. This is definitely the floor. Right, okay, but what happened on that day? So they got the diaries out and they went, oh, Colin the plumber came, did he? Yeah. Right, so, so what did Colin do? Oh, well, he came and serviced the whole underfloor heating system. Right, well, whatever he did, it's been running at 36 degrees since then. Yeah. Right. And like, and you've turned it down when you called me on the day of, you know, you you've called me then for me to come and do a survey. So since Colin's been out since while I got here, it's been running at thirty odd degrees. There's the fault, and there's the data on the screen. Right, we'll phone Colin then. You know, it's like it was just like, but they were like so adamant that it was like we've definitely not done this. Well, they hadn't. But whoever you know, the plumber. So again, yeah. that that date thing's brilliant, brilliant. It's like, well, what happened then? Yeah, it'd be, it'd be interesting, you know, for all the people that uh, are listening to this podcast. I bet they've all got their own stories of oh. uh, turning up to sites and people swearing blind that you know they like it very cool in their house uh, and that yeah. you know temperatures. And they've all obviously gone on the internet after they've had their problem and, and learned all the the right things to say about how they've been treating their floors. Yeah. It very, very rarely is like that. And the Fitbox is fabulous at uh, uh, being able to show what's actually happened. Have you used it for any other applications? Because my, my knowledge is not amazing on carpets and LVT, but you still can't overheat some carpets and you still can't um, overheat LVT too much. Have you, have you done any other applications at all than wood? 
so uh, other wood ones, so in joinery, uh, so in doors uh, and joinery units and so forth, often in commercial settings, okay. uh, where, again, they have exactly the same issues as a, as a wood floor does and it's useful. I, I've always been very conscious of the uh, uh, vinyl and LVT type applications because, as you say, you know, there are lots of situations in which uh, uh, it's uh, it's used. And I know out in Austria where the uh, uh, they're developed, they use them under LVT. Um, but it's not something that I have uh, uh, particularly pushed in the UK. Uh, but it would be interesting, obviously, because LVT is um, thinner. Uh, you can't route out a no. pocket like you would in a wooden board. Uh, and you have to uh, scrape out a uh, an area of the subfloor in order to put it in, but it will do exactly the same job uh, under LVT and, and and give you the same data. So it, it would be an interesting thing to talk to people about if uh, people have issues and would like to uh, to try that. I'd be interested to work with them. Yeah, brilliant. And the um, have you got any data of how many fit boxes are in circulation or how many in circulation this year? Um, so I, I sell about four thousand a year. Okay. Uh, so uh, uh, so there's probably uh, over the last ten years you know, twenty thousand or so um, yeah. that have gone into the, into the UK. And it must be great for you to hear all the stories of like oh, I've used it. I download. You know, it's kind of the only time you're going to hear from your clients is the success stories of it. You know. Or, you know, it's like, well, this is done this. I love that. You know, when somebody's uh, read one for the first time, it showed them exactly what's going on. And then they, they ring me as they've walked out of the house, walking down the street, because they're yeah. clipping, their, clipping their heels together because uh, of, uh, uh, you know, it's answered, a, you know, solved a major problem for them. Uh, so, yeah, I, I love, to, love to take those calls. But I suppose one of the things we, we've talked about is we talked quite a bit about uh it sort of answering uh problems once things have gone wrong yeah. but actually a lot of my customers particularly the big construction businesses are using it for a slightly different purpose okay. uh, what they're trying to do is stop problems happening in the first place right brilliant yeah um, and uh, and that's really what we all want to do we don't want to have difficult situations or have costs for, for our, our customers and so forth so Basically, what they realized was that there's lots of people involved in the process of caring for a wood wood floor uh, and that uh, all of their contractors you know, will give them method statements saying what they're going to do, which will all be appropriate about raising temperatures and controlling environmental conditions and that sort of thing through the, the build processes. But they don't necessarily do what they say they're going to do. No, um, and the thing that they've found is that the Fidbox is like a silent quality control manager for them, uh, because people know it's there and that their actions are going to be recorded. Yep. What they do is they do what they're supposed to do, rather than what's convenient for them at the time. Yeah, and the effect of that is that you prevent problems happening in the first place. Yep. Uh, and you know, I think that's probably the principal reason these big developers and construction companies go for it is that 
it stops them having the problems in the first place. There's a secondary benefit, which is if a problem occurs, they know who's at fault. Yeah. But the first reason is let's try and stop it happening in the first place. Yeah, no, I completely agree. That's that's one of the caveats, like where I think a lot of manufacturers have took it on as well. The, the caveat is, you know, if you're fitting on floor heating, you use a fit box, you know, and that's, if you don't fit one, it's not warranted. Uh, or if you don't fit one, we're not fitting it. You know, we will not install your floor if you haven't got one. And it's like, well, and these are the reasons why, because you just, you know, so, and then again, it gets the accountability from the client thinking, oh, the flooring guys have put this in. So I need to do as I'm told and not just abuse the, the system. So, yeah. yeah. And, and I think that massive, massively helps. Um, so, you know, I've, I've certainly seen on the big projects uh, a reduction in problems because of it. Um, one of the problems that you do have on big building sites is there seems to be a lot of plumbing leaks. Okay. Uh, and that's become a, a secondary benefit is, you know, often on a lot of these big projects, the developers are losing perhaps 10% of their apartments uh, having to be completely stripped out, often at a very late stage because of water leaks that have gone uh, under the floor. Wow. Um, and uh, uh, the Fidbox is great because it tells them exactly when it started happening, uh, which means they can work out who was there when that caused the leak. Uh, so uh, that, that's a, a secondary benefit that's been quite important for some of the, some of the, 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 the big construction guys. Yeah. Um, so 2023 and beyond, what what's next? For humidity devices, stroke fit box. What's you got any big plans? Um, so at some point, uh, it would be uh, good to to get the fit box so that it's transmitting the data uh, out to you rather than you having to to read it. Uh, and have uh, uh, been doing a fair bit of work on on doing that. Uh, but the technology of doing that in a completely reliable simple way uh because one of the beauties about the feedbox is it is so simple uh for the guys to install it so uh, at some point we'll we will come up with a product that does that but we're uh, going to wait until we've got it absolutely uh, perfect so unlikely to be 2023 but it's a full big brother you'll be a monitor all your fit boxes uh, yeah yeah obviously with the control of uh who who yeah. wants to see them and, and so forth. But uh, yeah, yeah, I think, uh, but it would allow a much more proactive approach to protecting the floors if you think, start to see trends where things are going wrong. Uh, so, so that's that. Um, I'm doing a, a, another uh, project where I'm looking at uh, uh, staircases. Okay. Uh, so a lot of wood floor businesses uh, contracted to uh, uh, put wood floors down, uh, but their customers also want the same wood floor to go onto the staircase. Uh, and uh, it's always a bit more problematic to turn particularly a, a uh, pre-finished engineered floor into a staircase so yeah. that you've got uh, attractive looking nosings uh, and uh, fitting is, is difficult. So again, Using some technology that's been developed in Austria, there's a product called the Stairbox, uh, which allows you to uh, go onto a staircase, accurately template it uh, directly to a CAD file, 
uh, and to then uh, make that staircase from that accurate CAD template using a, a CNC machine. Okay. Um, and uh, so it's something that's been done quite a bit out in uh, Scandinavia uh, and out in Austria, uh, but not particularly in the in the UK. So that's something that uh, I'm working on in order to develop an offer into the UK market. So you know, if guys are getting projects where they're being uh, offered to do the stairs, um, they might in the past have felt a bit nervous about doing it, uh, but that's something that I'll be able to help them with both in terms of the templating and the manufacturing going forward. That's interesting. And where, what, what's like your ideal client? Can people buy fit boxes from you? Do you sell them into distribution? What's the best, if you've got a shop or you're out on the tools, you know, how would you divert people to buy a fit box for the next underfloor heating job or, or something? Uh, so they can buy them direct from me. Um, uh, there's uh, then uh, a number of distributors that I have uh, that might be more convenient for the to, to buy from. So there's wood floors and accessories uh, and have woods accessories, uh, both of who uh, hold stock. Yeah. Uh, Ted Todd uh, for their uh, installers uh, hold, hold stock of fit boxes too. So those are probably the, the, the three people uh, because often you know, to place a separate order with me for somebody might be a lot less convenient than them buying it from somewhere where they're buying all the rest of their accessories from. So, uh, so to pick it up with with the floor at the time when it when it leaves. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so we're going to go on to a little bit of a quick fire round, um, okay. which uh, is more about you and just people learning more about you. Um, but I'm, I'm going to combine one of my other questions into it. Um, in all the years you've been in business uh, with Weldon and everything and Fitbox, if there was a mistake that you've made, what wouldn't you have done again if you could wind the clock back 20, 30 years? Oh, goodness. Um, lots of lots of things. Um, a wood flooring perspective that might be interesting to people, maybe two things. One is I once uh, suggested to a customer that in order to keep their subfloors clean, uh, that uh, they should put in film face chipboard uh, right. with a plastic coating on it uh, that we would then peel off and it would all be lovely for uh, and clean for when we installed the floors. Um, but found to my detriment later that if you do that, uh, that adhesive that's underneath the film stays on the uh, on the floor, uh, the adhesive from your wooden floor, sticks to that thin film adhesive it doesn't go into the board ah, yeah and those floors then peeled up right uh, okay. and uh, uh that was a, on a very large project uh and it was a very expensive mistake so wouldn't do that again no the other thing uh is uh oily rags <laughs> yeah yeah dispose them correctly <laughs> correctly uh make sure they're fully washed washed out and uh put put away i i had um a project where someone had just been creating a small sample board uh oily rag stuck it in a bag behind a uh, pile of uh, oil products yeah uh, it's self-combusted uh and we had a major fire yeah, um, yeah. And so it's one of those things that 
different oils are much more susceptible to, than others. And the particular oil that we were using was one that I hadn't been used to before uh, yeah. that caused that problem. But since then, I've been absolutely paranoid about always making sure that any oily rags are fully fully dunked and doused out in water. Absolutely. I've seen a few vans and I think workshops uh, suffer suffer that. So, yeah, it's, it's critical. Oh, great bits of advice. Um, if you won £10 million on the lottery tonight, what are the first three things you would buy? Oh, so the, the, the first thing would be a uh, lovely uh, uh, big workshop to play in. The second thing would be a state-of-the-art CNC, and the third thing would be a uh, laser cutter. Brilliant. Love it. Um, I love technology. Uh, I love finding the smart solution to uh, real-world pro- real problems, uh, yeah. and uh, I could play with that sort of stuff for years. Fabulous. I love it. Completely different to, uh, to the norm. Uh, have you got a dream car? With, with Ooh, my just, little bit left. just bought it. Oh, and what was that? Uh, I've got a, a Jaguar F type, um, uh, 450 brake horsepower, five liter engine. I've decided that I would have a big petrol car before I turn to a, a uh, electric, which I'm sure will be, be my next car. Yeah, yeah. So that's the is the V8 supercharged, the, yeah. Yeah, the yeah, one that pops and bangs, and yes, lovely. It's a thing of beauty. Lovely, fabulous. Um, and your favourite drink, alcoholic or non-alcoholic? Oh, well, that's probably a good question because I'm teetotal. Right. Uh, so uh, uh, I drink gallons of a uh, non-alcoholic wine called Einstein Zero. So that's my favourite drink. Right, lovely. And then the old chestnut of um, Five Guys Burgers, Domino's Pizzas or McDonald's and why? If you had to choose one, no, it's not the best sort of uh, stable diet, but we always ask it. Uh, McDonald's. Uh, I, not that I particularly have too many McDonald's now, but there was a portion of my life where it was my daily lunch and I loved it. <laughs> Brilliant. Where can everyone find you, Jonathan? Where's the best place to find the company and you? And if they've got any questions. Uh, so uh, the company's uh, Humidity Devices. Uh, and you'll obviously find us on uh, on Google uh, at www.humiditydevices.co.uk. If you want to ring me direct, uh, my direct number is uh, 0777-197-6452. And I like to talk to people about wood floors, general issues they've got. You know, I've got a bunch of experience, so you don't necessarily need to just talk to Bifid boxes. Uh, I'm always happy to to talk to help people out if they've got questions. No, oh, fabulous. Right, well, brilliant. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I've uh, really enjoyed this one. Yeah, no, it's been really good. I've really enjoyed it too. If you'd like to find out more information about what we do, you can visit our website at cockerellandco.co.uk. That's cockerell and co.co.uk we also have an instagram account which is cockerel and co and also we are on facebook once again don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and we look forward to seeing you here again soon